You're listening to the Union Church Podcast. For more information about Union, please visit unionboston.org. You know, 25 years ago when I was 13, I couldn't wait to be grown. (laughs) Whenever my parents told me no and I did not get my way, I would mutter under my breath. I can't wait till I'm an adult. Well, now I have come to realize that adulting is hard work. Have you ever had one of those moments when you just don't feel like adulting today? Now that I've got bills to pay and and dinner to cook and those random aches and pains, I I have a slightly different view on those good old days of childhood. I miss the, the daily afternoon naps, and I, I miss not having to go uh, grocery shopping, and I, I miss not having to do the laundry and folding clothes. Those good old days when each new day was a day of adventure and every playground an opportunity to just enjoy life and to be alive. Sure, childhood wasn't perfect. And and not all the things from those good old childhood days are valuable for our present moment in time. Because, right, the Apostle Paul is correct. When I was a child, I thought like a child and spoke like a child and reasoned like a child. But now that I have become an adult, I put childish ways behind me. And still Jesus proclaimed, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like children you will never enter into the kingdom of God. And whoever becomes uh, humble like a child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes such a child in Christ's name welcomes Jesus the Christ. So then, beloved, Christians are called to be childlike, not childish. Faithful people are full of childlike imagination. Faithful people are filled with childlike imagination and wonder and possibility. Perhaps you remember those good old days when you were full of imagination and wonder and possibility. I was recently reminded of those good old days. As as some of you may know, I just returned from a week-long trip uh, that had three destinations, a summit in Minneapolis and then a meeting in Kansas City, both regarding the future of the United Methodist Church. But but the, the best part of the trip actually came at the front end. When I returned back to Buffalo, uh, my birthplace, to celebrate my baby sister's graduation. My baby sister, Shayna, she is black girl magic personified. She's raising three kids. She's a wife. She's holding down a full-time job working with historically marginalized and underserved students, college students, and somehow she still found the time to get a master's degree in higher education administration, and I'm so very proud of her. So very proud of her. And I'm grateful for the nieces and nephew that Shayna and my brother-in-law, Marcus, have blessed me with. 
There was something about being home in Buffalo, being around those kids, uh, my nieces and nephew, that just rejuvenated me. It reinvigorated me and, and re-inspired me. Every time that, I, that I'm in the presence of children, I learn something or I am reminded of something that, that helps me in these days. When I, when I went to pick up Micah from his after-school program, he's seven years old, he was thrilled to see me. He was happy to see me, but he was happier to see and to go to the playground. Yeah. Right? Uh, when I just saw some metal frames and, and plastic tubes and rubber tires, he saw a whole different world, a world that was full of adventure and exploration, a new journey to be taken. Once upon a time before things in life got complicated and we started adulting, once upon a time we were invited to dream and to think outside of the box. In science class or in creative writing, we were, you might remember, we were invited to put on our thinking caps, right? A symbol of creativity and imagination and endless possibility. Uh, we were invited to put on our thinking caps and imagine all of the possible outcomes that there might be. We were called, right, we were called to, to not just tell a new story, we were called to write a new story. We were invited into a story where we could write the ending. When we put on our thinking caps, we could go back in time to the land before time, a land full of dinosaurs. When we put on our thinking caps, we could go deep sea diving and swim with dolphins and sharks and whales. When we put on our thinking caps, we could go to outer space, beyond the stars, and live into a new world. Anything was possible. Yes. Anything was possible. All we had to do was to put on our thinking caps and dream. The lesson that we encounter today from Revelation 21 and 22 is the lectionary for today, and it is also one of my favorite passages in Scripture. It is this revelation of Jesus Christ to John the Revelator is an invitation for us to dream. It is an invitation for us to dream and to imagine, to put on our thinking caps, not so much as children, but maybe this time as adults, and to step into a world not yet seen, to step into a world that is springing forth in our imaginations. It's crazy stuff we find written in, in the book of Revelation, and some, actually, some scholars want to say that uh, the Revelation was written by a guy who had schizophrenia or some type of mental illness, but, but I, I love it. I lean into it because it is written that the message of the cross is foolishness to the perishing, yes. but to those of us who are being saved, it is the very power of God, so that even the things that might seem strange might have meaning for us in this day when, when all things are being made new. And in this revelation, we've experienced it. It, it, it said that there's no more crying and no more dying and no more weeping and no more pain. And this vision of a future world, you see, is not an escape from this world or a fantastical flight from what is, but rather it is an invitation into a world that might be. It is a summons into a new world. The new world, it beckons us and it prods us and it calls us and it pulls us into the future. A future that disrupts the present and claims hope in the face of apathy and it claims potential in the face of complacency.
you know, when it seems like day after day and day by day, we as a society, as a world, we go farther down a rabbit hole. We become more deeply entrenched in war and fixed in our own battle positions, further from civility and civil discourse. Uh, this book of Revelation is an invitation to step forward, to step into a new world, a new reality, a new day where the future is being revealed and this new day, it reshapes our present. This new day, it, it, it breaks forth from the ways that we're used to doing things, the bickering and the fighting and the arguing and the pain and the war and the rumors of war, but rather this, this new world of peace and joy, it, it, it breaks forth into this day and invites us to, to think again, to imagine again, to dream again. And in this future, it is written that there is no sun that there is no moon, there is no night, there are no nations, there are no kings, there are no gates, and in fact, there is even no temple. Yes, yes. There is no temple. Fascinating things happen in the book of Revelation. Check this. In many ways, this new revelation, this new vision, is a complete reversal. It's a complete reversal of the entirety of the biblical witness. Here's what I mean, here's what I mean. The vision of Revelation is a complete annihilation of everything that had been known to be true, both the good and the bad. Even the good things pass away in this revelation of the new things that are coming into existence. Why is this important? Because even when we experience good things, God can still have something better for us. The temple was good, but still God had something better for the people. Oh yes, beloved. I need to say that again. Even the good things that we have, that we're used to, that we're comfortable with, even the good things in the new revelation of what God is doing, even the good things pass away. When God says there is a new heaven and a new earth, even the good, the good that is witnessed to in the entirety of the biblical witness in the revelation, the future that is coming, that has the potential to rewrite and reshape the story, even the good things passed away. So in this new city, this new Jerusalem, it is written that there is no temple. Why? Because our body is a temple of the Holy Ghost and the spirit of God dwells within us. Let me, let me break it down even a level, level further. You see, this, this talk of the temple, right, it begins way back in the Exodus story. This is why revelation is so very important. The Exodus in the Exodus, God liberates the people from captivity. He liberates the people from captivity, and then the people end up trying to hold God captive. God liberates the people from captivity, and then the people place God in a box. And the box is actually known as the temple. Right? They, they repeat the very thing that they were trying to escape. How often do the oppressed become the oppressors? And how often do hurt people end up hurting people? And we pass down the very things that we've been seeking to avoid. Because I've been hurt, then I hurt somebody else. 
because hurt, because right, bad things have been done to me, then I do bad things to other people. And we pass it down from generation to generation to generation. So even in, in the biblical witness, the, the, they tried to escape captivity, and then the people of Israel end up trying to hold God captive. Right? They're, they're freed from, from captivity in Egypt under the thumb of Pharaoh. And then they, they go out into the wilderness where they desire to worship God. And God is with them, right? God gives, is, is present among them a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And God journeys with them through the wilderness. And, 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 and then they worship God in the tent of meeting, an a, 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 a impermanent place, a temporary place. And then the tent of meeting gives way to the tabernacle, uh, also a semi-permanent place. And the tabernacle then gives way to the temple, gives way to the temple. And, and the new nation of Israel is formed under King David and then under his son, King Solomon, the temple is built. And the temple becomes the very pinnacle of all the things they had hoped for. God lived on the mountain, and God literally lived in the temple, on the mountain. But the ways of thinking is that God's presence was actually, God actually lived, dwelled in the temple. The people were freed from Egyptian captivity, and then they end up making God their captive. They ended up unintentionally putting God in a box, in a temple where they believed that God literally lived. But then John is given a new revelation, a vision of a future that breaks forth into the present. And John is taken up to the mountain and given this new revelation, a vision that there is no temple. I saw no temple in the city, says John, for the temple is the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb. Yes. So catch this. The very idea of God is set free. God is set free, free from the container and the captivity of the human mind because the spirit of God is everywhere. Yes. And yes. the spirit of God cannot be contained. Yes. And the spirit of God cannot be chained. And the spirit of God cannot be held captive. The, the, the spirit of God is not prisoner to our own thinking. The, the, the spirit of God is not prison to even the church and our doctrines and our teachings and our tradition. So this new revelation that breaks forth says to us that the spirit of God is free. And when we live in that freedom, we too experience liberation. God is not prisoner to church systems and frameworks, no matter how good or bad they are. And God is not the puppet of our control. God is. God is. God is. The saints of old used to say it this way, that he may not come when you want him. But God is always there on time. Sometimes we, we, we pray and we want God to fit into our ways and, and our timelines and our frameworks. But this new revelation, this new manifestation, this new vision says our ways are not God's ways. No, sir. No, sir. And our thoughts are not God's thoughts. No. 
Yes, beloved, imagination is liberation. And revelation liberates God from the captivity to human thinking. There's no nations because there's no separation between races because all are one. Revelation tells us that there are no kings and rulers because there's no need for rulers and powers and principalities because we might all govern ourselves as equals. The book of Revelation says there are no gates because there is no need for protection or territorialism because there are no enemies and no fighting in this new reality. There is no light because we are illuminated by the light of the world. Yes. Jesus the Christ our Lord, everything we know to be true, the good, the bad, and the ugly is set aside because there is something better. There is something more beautiful and we surrender everything, even the things that we have cherished and the things that have served us well, we surrender them because there is something still more excellent that is breaking forth, that is guiding us into this future. And in fact, this reversal is actually the fulfillment of the Exodus, and what was perceived as a loss is actually a gain. Yes. But it requires us to let go. Letting go of everything we might know to be true in order to make room for what God is still doing. And when we let go, God's name might be written upon our foreheads when this new future claims us as our own and it marks us and it frees us into new life. Yes, imagination is liberation. And the older I get, the more I realize that it actually takes a lot of courage to dream. It takes a lot of courage not simply to just live and act and to think outside the box, but to live as if there is no box at all, no container, nothing that can, that can hold captive the spirit of liberation, the spirit of God, the spirit of freedom that is our birthright, that dwells within our being. Yes, this vision this, is, as, as Bob said, this emancipation from mental slavery is an act of creation that continues to challenge us and continues to remake us. And, and this liberation is a freedom from low expectation of ourselves, of one another, and of God. And liberation is to live into a new future, a future that is irresistible, a, a future that is full of flourishing and when we live into this future that is full of flourishing and that is full of possibilities then we might find the strength to attack the systems that are and might lean into a liberation that says just because they've always been this way doesn't mean they have to stay that way. That we claim our power as liberators when we believe in the power of our potential, when we believe in the power of our possibility, when we think as if there are no boxes, then we find the strength to resist evil and injustice in whatever forms they present themselves, and we begin working as agents. We begin working as agents 
to topple the powers and the principalities that seek to hold us in place, right? So let us not be constrained by a failure of imagination, but rather let us be renewed by a courageous creativity that still might change the world. Let us not give in to a failure of imagination, but let us find ourselves free, full of possibility, free from fear, and full of trust. When I was back home in, in Buffalo, I used to, I, I, I love playing with uh, Zoe and Zariah. And, and when we're playing Zariah, uh, sometimes she would, she would jump on a couch, right? And she would just leap into my arms. She was unafraid that I might not be there to catch her, that I might drop her, but because she trusted me. And she knew that I would be there. So she, that, that trust was the very foundation of her flight. I wonder what it would be like if we truly trusted God and we were able to leap forth with the trust to know that our God would catch us. I wonder if we were free of fear and full of trust. Maybe then we would start dancing again. Maybe then we'd start rejoicing again. Maybe then we'd start flying again. Because once upon a time before we were jaded and cynical and closed off, we had that childlike imagination. Freedom to dream without limitations of rules and policies and procedures. We were free to dream with innocence and without chains. Yes, we are set free, liberated, when we claim a childlike imagination to pursue a more just and loving world. Because it is that imagination, like the leaves of the tree of the river of life, it is that imagination that's for the healing of the nations. Yes. Amen. listening to this podcast. For more information about Union Church, please visit unionboston.org. 